Hello. Hello. Industry. Industry. Check my boy. Pack my boy. Uh, welcome back to the podcast Industry Tactics. My name is Friendly Rich. Episode number 52. We're going deep here. You learn it's Sarah Jane Scouten. You learn how she got the Jane in her name and uh, what a touching story that was. We go all over the map. A little drinky poo, a little here, a little there. She ain't no singer-song. She doesn't want to be known as a singer-songwriter. She doesn't want to be boxed in. She's cranky. She's panky. Get into it. Uh, that what a what a what a pleasure it was. We we play some of her records. We go deep with Ms. Soon to be Mrs. She's harboring an illegal alien named Piotra, Sarah Jane Scouten. Hacha. We have an alien in the room. Okay, just listen in. You can you can probably hear it. It's changed the sound of the podcast forever. <laughs> Antoinette. Yeah. Antoinette. Marie yeah, Antoinette. Hey. Salute. God bless you. Let's bless us in, in good sanctity. We love you. Thank you. Hey yo. <laughs> Whether you're here illegally or or, uh, or you're legit, we welcome you. Mazatov. To the podcast. I'm drinking what are we drinking here? Uh Glenn Livet. Not that this podcast has become a uh, a collection of drinky poo with friends, but I don't mind when friends offer and open the bottle. Notice what I've been doing, gentle listener, is the rules are you say yes most of the time. Yeah. Whenever you can. Those are the rules. Oh, oh did you get that? Yeah, we got that. We popped that one right open. The Glen Livish. And we're here in Glen the Livid. in the charming uh, living sp- uh, uh, garret ki- kitchen. It's a garret. We're, yeah, we're in the garret of Sarah Jane Scouten. Welcome to Industry Tactics. Oh my God, I'm so glad to be here. And I want to know what do you run on? What are some of your favorite foods? If someone asked me that question, I would say beets. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't want to. Dude, well these days I I mean this probably sounds a little lame, but like. Uh, purple cabbage. Good maneuver. Purple cabbage. You buy like a head of purple cabbage and it's like, what, a dollar fifty? And yeah. you can use that thing for like three weeks. So okay. I chop it up. I put it in my breakfast with two hard boiled eggs, uh, half what? an avocado, some shredded cheese. You can do that for breakfast. I didn't know you could cabbage for breakfast. I feel like anything with eggs, I can convince myself is breakfast. Yeah. 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 Bring it. Then where did you learn this move? A uh, boo. 
I don't know. I'm from the West Coast, so that's kind of par for the course. We're we're doing it. We're delighted to be here with you talking <laughs> industry tactics. Hey Great. Episode 52 or 3. No I lose way. Uh, well, I'm a huge industry tactics fan. You're really? Yeah. That is so that is my exciting two favorite episodes. And probably they're like the bookend episodes, I'd say. About, yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to tons. I've listened to a few. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Tom Wilson episode, obviously, yeah. um, groundbreaking piece of journalism. And um, and then S- the Sly Yuhas episode. That was fun, wasn't oh, it? Oh, my God. A shout out to our boy I out there in Budapest. Hi, buddy. Yes. Big, Sly big old, s- big old sup, sup, Sly. And you, you did just came off of a, a beautiful little tar there doing bits of Scotland. Yeah, England, all over. We, well, Europe. Sly and I drove, well, there were four people in the van. Yes. One of them didn't drive standard. The other one didn't drive at all. Um, so it was just me and Sly driving this giant delivery van. Sick. all Like from Prague yeah. to the western, eastern highlands of Ballater, okay. Aberdeenshire. Okay. That's a long way. It's long. Did you get in any accidents? Yep. Several. Beautiful. I yeah. expect nothing less. Sly, Sly uh, got us off to a good start. We parked overnight in the Leipzig Zoo. Um, Jesus, Sly. And, uh, and he hit a rock. And, uh, and I was like, cool. Well, I knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, uh, and then up in up in the eastern highlands, I got stuck literally between a rock and a hard place. The hard place being uh, a haunted Jacobite mansion. So I just was like, I just took the, a corner wrong and I just literally got stuck between a mansion and a big rock face. It was not pretty. Um, Did anyone get hurt? No. Uh, no. Uh, Tomas at the rental agency at uh, Fluff Wheels in, uh, in Prague was not impressed. Tomas. Yeah, no, he, he not not guy, into man. it, not into it. You think he's listening to this podcast? Fuck he definitely that guy. is. That guy is out to get me. He's just trying to find a way. Welcome to Industry Tactics with Sarah Jane Scouten, who's been making music. So you got your start making music in in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. You grew up in British Columbia. I did. Yeah, I grew up in a really musical family. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's funny, like. I don't know anyone else whose brothers and sisters write songs. Um, I feel like I'm really special and blessed that way. And I was the last person to start writing songs, and I'm the oldest. Wow. So, so we had this this dad. He's like a banjo picking lawyer or a lawyering banjo picker, depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and anyways, cool, uh, cool, yeah, cool mix. Totally. So we just like did a lot of singing, and like my dad's sort of a sort of a uh like a solitary dude so in order to get like dad to hang out with you you kind of had to like do dad things um so sitting on the couch and singing bluegrass music was what i just got into um singing with him a lot got into into traditional music that way yeah Uh, my sister sort of fell in line my brother really went in another direction my brother's music if you ever get a chance to listen uh-huh. to it it's called outside dog okay and he's based in bc or yeah. yeah i mean he's, where in bc did you guys grow up bowen island british columbia 
And what kind of law did your father scout and he uh, he has his uh, civil litigation practice. He's a senior lawyer on the law scene of Vancouver. Scouting, uh, scouting, and, and scouting. I think like, that's the thing he was hoping to have scouting. Fuck that sounds scouting good. and daughters is was oh my that was like his his like fantasy law firm in the future. But like I what about your brother? To, He's like fuck that guy. He's not going into law. You knew scouting from the daughters. moment that kid was born that he was. What's his name? Jacob Scouten. Ooh, good name. Great, great name. My dad. Outside dog. Outside dog. And what is it? Is it outside? Uh, it's a little outside. I love it. Yeah, that music's a little outside. Um, it's recorded so lo-fi that it's sort of hard to tell what is happening. It's like, that's mostly what it sounds like. You know, this podcast has featured a lot of great outsiders in Canadian music and, hey, and abroad, like our friends from uh, Ronaldo and the Loaf. Listen to episode Ronaldo and the Loaf. I don't know the number. I should. Listen to episode 32, Ronaldo and the Loaf. Did you just pull that? Out? Like, is that tr the real number? Yeah. Wow, I'm impressed. Thanks. Yeah. Um, and so Ronaldo and the Loaf are from uh, Por Portsmouth. In uh, Angleterre, in like Angleterre, in, yeah, man. That's that's some of my favorite country. Hey, isn't isn't your mum from Portsmouth? She's from Liverpool. Oh God. Yeah, this speaks the alien motherfuckers on the podcast. Um, you, you're not welcome here. My, you're you're He's he's we're harbingering for you gentle listeners at home. She's harbingering in her attic up here, an illegal Belgian Piotr. <laughs> the illegal. <laughs> he laughs. He laughs now. Wait till those Canadian border guards get their yeah, if you're get their gloved hands on you. If you're Ooh. listening, it's one thirty-three. Address is one thirty-three Accoutrement Drive. Come and get this brick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a ghost. It's programmed. So let's get back to it. So you're mm. the sister of an outsider. I'm the sister of an outsider, for and sure. Come, and welcome to the podcast. The, you know, so you grew up singing these beautiful... And so how do you become you? How do you get that bluegrass? How do you... What What do you call what you do? What, what is yeah, it? What is it? You I don't want to be... You're not a singer-songwriter. I sure am not. Well, you're not a... You're not a fucking uh, roots musician. Yeah, that's the closest oh, thing, but is it's it? not Shit, very... Sorry, it's, I wanted to get more of what you're not. No. You're not a fucking punker. No, not as... No. Oh. I rejected punk music. It was like too mainstream for what I was into. But you're you want to, you also want to get away from like I are from our few chats that we've had. Mm -hmm. you, you didn't want to define what you do as uh, like boxed into yeah. that kind of. I know? think that people often they hear with their eyes. Yeah. And they see woman first, and they think that. Yeah, they gotcha. think that gotcha. they they're they're going like, oh, this is gonna be like like the poor man's like jewel, you know? Fuck. The this is gonna be the the poor woman's uh, Sarah McLaughlin. I made her a latte shit. one time. You did? Yeah, she was wearing yoga pants. Was that when you were in quote unquote customer service? They, we're all in. That's customer when I was. Service. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's when I was in customer hardcore into customer service. Was, was she wonderful to you? She's just a woman. She lives in West Van. Was she beautiful to you? She. The thing is, she looked like she had less work done than the average West Van woman. So to be honest, she looked a bit haggard. Oh yeah, no, I didn't. Okay, yeah, I guess the way that came out of my mouth, I was asking, did she, 
I meant, yeah, I don't know what I meant by that. It's it sounded were you like trying was she to like beautiful too. I th- I thought I meant. Were like, you trying to she, quote a Sarah McLaughlin song? No, I mean, was, was her she love nice, better was than ice cream? You? Yeah, is that a tune of hers? Yeah. Oh boy, I got it. I got it. We're getting an education. Go here. back. Industry tactics. You Mirror poured her that la- la- that latte. You remembered it. Yeah. People are going. Oh my God, it's Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. For real. This is fun. We're seeing it from the lens. And how old are you when you're pouring her that uh, latte? I was 19. I was saving up to... I was in second year university. Oh, I'll tell you how this went. Okay. I did I did my sec, the first half of my second year of university. <laughs> I contracted mononucleosis. Yes. Uh, as one does. You need to know this. Um, no, it's, I'm, I'm immune now. Oh, I'll, good, good, uh, good, good. Uh, the shingles have... have, have... Yes. Yeah. The shingles have left us. Do the sh- does shingles because of mono? Or? Mono is a shingle. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a tactic. That's a tactic. Is so. um, Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know how meandering you want this to be. But well, I, evidently, I feel you like, drive. You, you're driving standard. Okay, I kind of feel like I brought mononucleosis on myself because this is what happened. This is before the days of online dating really took off. Great I was, story already. Right? Already loving it. Like, I mean, just right there. I was yeah, I was working at as a as a youth center leader and there was a kid who came in and she was like meeting all these like dudes online and she was showing me she was like 13 and I was like what are you doing over there like on this public like IBM computer that we have um and she was like oh I'm just like on this website and I'm meeting these like people and we're chatting I was like okay cool mm-hmm. I was just like looking over her shoulder and then then she's like do you want to try it and I was like Sure, you know, trying to be like cool. And, and how old are you? Are you? I was like nineteen. Okay, okay. So you're the you're the mentor. I was the, you, I was the mentor. The mentor. Yes. Yeah, I was a youth mentor, and um, as and so, we do, we try to fit in. Yeah, sure. I'll uh, I'll I'll do a little bit. I'll just dip a toe into this online dating world for real. Bang, slap, <laughs> shingles. Yeah. Well, honestly, that was like basically the course of events. Is like I I went. I agreed. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I and then I met someone my own age on this website, and he was like, do you want to meet up? And so we and so we agreed to meet up. Oh my god, I'm gonna go to hell for this. Yeah. We agreed to meet up at um, at Commercial Drive uh, Skytrain Station, um, which is at Broadway and Commercial. Yes. Um, and there was this guy, and it was like, you know, one of those things like, I'll be wearing this, blah, blah, blah. That's how you'll know it's me. Is that a weird place to meet? Uh, yes and yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he seemed like a totally new, nice guy. It's just I, I, I had gotten there a bit early, and I was hanging out with these, like, two kind of like crusty punks who were playing banjo and guitar and I hit it off with them and then this dude shows up and uh and I take one look at him and I was like that's not gonna be a good time I know I was like this is like so I pretended and you knew it was him it was Larry. yeah because he was, was like Larry. wearing yeah. wearing what do you like a, whatever a trench coat and he had like long hair and you making that up the trench coat bit no he was wearing a trench coat and uh, he had like long, kind of like stringy hair. He looked like kind of a like a misunderstood metal guy. As a trench coat wearer, I just want to say for all you trench coat listeners out there, it um it gets a bad rap from a few of these Larrys, these mononucleosis. For real. Larrys. Well, I don't deserve. I don't. For all you trench coat wearing dudes out there. Yeah. I don't deserve you. Like I I don't like. And this story will tell you exactly why. So basically, I see the trench coat guy. And I pretend not to see him. I was just like, I'm going to sure. just 
let him think that it's like this, some kind of miscommunication and something happened and he's like looking around yeah. and uh, and I'm like feeling pretty bad. But meanwhile, having a really good time with these like kind of crusty guys who live on the street um, and we're playing <sighs> tunes and they had a nice dog. Uh, and one Man, of, you are punk rock. Uh, I don't know. So one of them okay. was like, so one of the dudes, he was really, really sweet. And we like hung out for the rest of the night and we like, Oh my god! Made out a bunch, and no he was like, "Kitty!" And while Lar- so Larry just went away. Yeah, like he, he like he came and went. Alive. He Holy came and shit. went. And I was feeling pretty bad, but also just like really fucking a. having such a good time with these with these guys, in particular this really sweet like French Canadian guy with a cute dog who played banjo and shingles. And then and then we made out, and then like boom, my future husband is rolling on the floor right now. Pierre, uh, Pierre, um uh because i just like before i knew it i had mono you know what the moral of that story is you go for the trench coat motherfucker the trench coat men are clean most of them them. less girls it's a it's a law it's a law they're clean and pure yeah that's great that's a great story i'm so glad that in the end you were afraid you were intimidated by the trench coat man yeah he was too much of a man for me okay Laurie, mm-hmm. what a great story! Yes, and we're know. into it. So yeah. okay, we we bounced a little bit there. Let's, yeah, let's pull the blimp back a couple notch. Okay, <laughs> so you, do you finish university? What are you studying? Yeah, I have a I have an undergraduate degree in philosophy. Um, Holy shit! From the well, it's not like a PhD in philosophy. Come on, that's uh, four years. Just four years of my life. Although I'm a, yeah. I, it was a slow burn for UBC? me. UBC. Yeah. Not a great philosophy department. Oh, okay. Okay, though. All right. An okay philosophy. Actually, yeah. So I have a degree from that university, which was kind of cool. One of my professors, see, when you've got a last name like like Scouten, um, people ask you things like, are you related to so-and-so Scouten? And you usually say, yeah, that's my dad. Um, So in the 90s, when I guess it was 95, when Mm -hmm. there was a referendum for Quebec to to separate my dad was like heartbroken he like on this like emotional level he just wanted quebec to stay he was like this is part of canada's identity so he had this rally i was 10 years old yeah it was 1996 because i was 10 and he had a rally down at uh vanier park which is uh like down by the water like Mm -hmm. uh close to Granville Island and uh, he had this big big like rally and he had all these speakers and performers and one of the speakers there was my future uh, professor oh wow so he's like do you know Jeff Scouten you know and I'm in class and he's like yeah that's my dad and he's like I spoke at his rally in 1996 for like um, what a great yeah yeah it was cool wow yeah anyways wow wow that's I'm very moved by um, isn't it it's touching yeah, I'm very moved by that because I mean you can't get farther away from Quebec yet you have someone who's who's um, passionate and sees the value that they bring to our, our country. Yeah, right? we're way stronger with them uh, as part of. I think so. I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's so like, complex and fascinating, though, right? Yeah, the, it's like it's. I, I mean, I don't know. It's kind I of also like I sympathize with the desire to leave. Oh, so, big time! You know, I you lived know. in Quebec for three years, yeah. and I was just like, anytime someone spoke to me about separatism, I was like, dude. Yeah. If you want to go, go. Like, um, I don't know. Like, I have yeah. had people say to me, yeah, like, yeah. like that they feel like 
they're living like as Keb- as Quebecers, they feel like they're living in their parents' basement. Mm. And I was like, oh man, like I want to believe that. And like there are lots of examples in the world now where there yeah. are many nations that are recognized within a nation. And I want to believe that Canada is capable of those things, especially in light of like so much like recognition and like mm-hmm. I would say like emancipation of like indigenous nations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, you know, yeah, like I want to believe that Quebec can be recognized as a nation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But they but I suppose the people who would want to separate have to feel that way themselves and like but who whatever if they want to leave and it makes them feel good do do what's good for you man yeah 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 love it love it wow so you okay so you finish your who who blew your mind in uh, apart from uh that prof who i bet had a really great impact on Mm -hmm. your development but who blew your mind uh philosophy wise philosophy wise um i mean i got really into jacques derrida and all of those, like, uh, there, the existential philosophy department at UBC consisted of one dude who also basically taught, like, modern German literature as well. Okay. His name was Stephen Taubeneck. You would get a... Oh, man, he, that guy should be on Industry Tactics. With a stage name like Stephen Taubeneck. I'm St- excited. <laughs> Stephen Taubeneck. Yeah, sure. But it sounds a lot more like Stephen Taube- Stephen Taubeneck. Um really really cool dude yeah uh, he used to study with uh with a an existential uh, i want to say phenomenology professor yeah um richard rorty okay died a number of years ago did you know it's like it's like an occupational hazard these guys die of pancreatic cancer all the time jacques derrida okay pancreatic cancer well richard rorty i'm pretty sure pancreatic, pancreatic can- cancer i don't know what it is too much to think. Too much to think. Yeah, <laughs> they have a thinking problem. You, That'll do it to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. I he, he Stephen Talmanek really got me into existential philosophy. Yeah. And led me to uh, to apply to, for um, like an exchange program at the university, the Cardiff University in Wales, where I studied under um, Chris Norris, who okay. is uh, was a very good friend of. Jacques Derrida's. Whoa. Yeah, he was the last person to interview him before he died. Whoa. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was cool. So, me and... Did you discover Derrida's work and then go over to Wales? Or... uh, Yeah. Wow, you followed the... I just was like... Yeah, well, I was just like, hey, Chris Norris is over there. And English students don't talk. So, it was basically like several times a week, me and Christopher Norris just having a bro down. Jamming. Yeah. Except for he speaks in full paragraphs, so I didn't really get to talk that much. That's fine. I didn't need to. I wanted to just... It's hard to digest, but it's worth it. Wow. Mm -hmm. How do you get to Quebec? Is that your next move? Oh, yeah. You moved to Quebec after your undergrad? I I did. I was like, like, I'm so out of... I'm so over Vancouver. I unfortunately... uh, Yeah. yeah. The West Coast uh, in... in, um, Maybe on account of you growing up there in uh, in moderation for you then, right? Eh? West Coast is one thing. Vancouver is another. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Vancouver was bothering you. Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver was just like, I just didn't know what it meant to have fun until I moved to Toronto, until I moved to Montreal. Okay. So you moved to Montreal. I That's moved to Montreal move. from, from Vancouver after I graduated. I, I had a Quebecois boyfriend okay. who had a one-year-old daughter. And so he wasn't going to come move 
to Vancouver. So yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, ciao, everyone. I'm up and leaving. We broke up before I even got there. We uh, right on. Yeah, but I was like, I'd quit my job, moved out of my place, and then he's like, I can't do this, and I was like, I'm gonna go anyways. And uh, good move. This is awesome. It was cool. It was in November, so that was uh, cold. Well, cold for someone like me. Who, no kidding. Who's a wimp? I'm never ever gonna adapt to Canadian, Canadian winters. No, yeah. never gonna be able to do it. Good. So yeah, good. Montreal. Montreal was. Oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah. What did you learn as a musician? So are you like are you musicking along the way? Like, yeah. When do you... Yeah, that was like a big, a really big catalyst yeah, because I yeah. knew that we veered off track. We man. did because like I mean musical development. When does that kick in and how does that get honed? Yeah. And what happened to our my, our, our man? Uh, I think I think he. Um, did he just up and go? He went. He's gonna have a nap. He naps. Listen, he naps if, a lot. Ah, oh, the Belgians. The Belgians are known they for their napping nap. abilities. And they, they nap and they cough. And, and they, they nap and they nap. cough. and Yeah. Fucking pukes Ill- illegally. Hard. Oh, my God. Can I tell you about a story that he told me? Yeah, the Belgians. Okay. Well, quick, quick so this is the thing. This is like the Belgian youth are so, so gross. They have these parties where, I mean, like... Belgians drink beer and they've got sure super they strong beer, right? Sure. So they invented like, it. They invented beer and they are still the forerunners of beer. Oh, the Loblaws like to imitate it really well. Do Keep they? Oh, Loblaws? They love Never that heard of shit. It. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah, blah. Keep going. Blah, blah. So these youth. Yes. Oh, yeah. Keep, no, but Great. keep going. So the... Uh, oh, sorry. sorry, it's my foot. Oh, it's my foot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There's the, a lot uh, happening there. I Gentle know. Listener. I know. Gentle listener, stay with us. The Belgian youth. Yeah. Okay, so listen to this. The Belgian youth, they they do these things at um, universities. This is what I hear. And I'm gullible, so I might be have been tricked. You like a little bit of... Even even if it's made up. I, but I want to tell this story. It's just so gross. It's got to be they, uh They have these parties where they like line the walls in plastic. Oh, God. <laughs> you really... You know, you got a good start to all your stories. I'm just going to say. Keep, keep going. Keep Thank going. you. Good Thank way you. to start a, a story. They line all the walls in plastic. They line all the walls in plastic and, and pack all these students in with super strong, like unlimited amounts of beer. Mm-hmm. And then... They just drink until they puke. Oh, it's so stupid. They I, drink until they puke, and they pu- and like that's the point is to puke. I'd go in there as a shitter. I'd go in oh. there and drink as much coffee as I can and shit all over them. If you're if you're gonna plastic the walls, shit on them oh my or God. bleed on them, like I bleed know. out, bleed out, bleed right? out. Yeah, die. Like at the very least, somebody has if to. If you're die. gonna line the walls, yeah. Somebody has to fucking like Thank you. end their life. Wow. Um, so that's that's like some seriously gross shit. That's a Belgian pastime. That's also it. Also says a lot about the people of like we want to keep it clean, but we want to hurt ourselves. Yeah. What are we? What's like an equivalent in like Canadian culture that we would do? Hey, hey, babe, just told the story about lining the walls with plastic and then barfing. <laughs> it You've says a lot about your people. That, I've done that. I've had to do it. You've had to do it. I've had to line the walls in plastic. <laughs> oh my god! To keep things clean, so it's a, it's a, it's honoring the cleanliness of the yeah. place and the self hatred. This happens during the like the the student. Uh, the the fresh week. The yeah. The okay. Week, yeah. He says freshers because he's kind of weirdly English. Yeah. What do you call it? 
Fresh, fresh, fresh. But I don't know. Is that I don't a Canadian that thing? Or is that an American thing? Did we say that? Come? Because like, where does that come from? We don't know. I don't, know. don't know. I don't know. So when do you get the itch? When does the music kick in? Let's get back to that. Yeah, for real. Like to actually start making music in not. Um, like not on the sofa with not Jeff. on the sofa with Jeff um, is uh, I started volunteering at the Vancouver Folk Music Festival okay. and uh, they, I had a couple of kind of like crystallizing moments like experiences in my life in which I was like how do I get back to this feeling mm-hmm. how do I get back to this feeling um, and one of them was at the Vancouver Folk Music Festival and uh, I think I saw like Catherine McClellan are you familiar with Catherine no. McClellan? She's a PEI songwriter. Okay. Um, and uh, and uh, I cried so hard. Like, I was, like, sobbing at the yeah. song she'd written for her dad who had um, who'd committed suicide. Oh, my. And uh, that someone just turned around and, like, rocked me. Mm-hmm. This is, like, broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Um uh, I mean, obviously, I didn't want to be like that grief stricken all the time, but like that, I think is part of the role of a of a songwriter and a performer is mm-hmm. to elicit emotions for people. It, it's like it's like you're kind of doing this like service, like it's almost like a therapist, but like people kind of ch- channel channel your wavelength rather than you like working with them. You kind of like let them work with you in a weird way. Uh-huh. So, anyways, um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I wanted to get back to that like transcendental feeling in which like the world was utterly magical and i mean like the vancouver folk music festival is transcendental in in every sense because every other part of the year it's just like a yuppie park with like kind of cold stuck up people playing volleyball Mm um um and like a beach that to be honest, is too cold to swim at. But mm-hmm. people pretend that it's a good place to swim. Um, sorry, Vancouver. It's too cold to swim. Um, yeah. But Van- the Vancouver Folk Music Festival was like, this is what I want Vancouver to be like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways, moving to Montreal got that, uh, you know, that itch that scratch, scratch that itch yeah. because Montreal has this like vibrancy, this bohemianness and yeah. uh, that it kind of feels like a festival all the time. I mean, summer from like June 1st until like yeah. September is just yeah. overlapping festivals, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had that experience. I also started going annually to um, a music workshop that I teach at sometimes. It's called the um, Nimble Fingers Bluegrass and Old Time Music Workshop. Whoa. Uh, nerdy, so nerdy. Where's that at? It's in a. Is that it, out west? Yeah, it's in. It's close to Salmon on okay, British okay, Columbia. Okay, cool. Um, cool. And it's uh, and it's also one of those sort of like transcendental, almost tribe-like experiences. Yeah. Things that you couldn't maintain because like it's just so idyllic and so like uh, like endorphin yeah. producing that. Uh, I don't know. You just burn out from the good times after a while, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did I did want to figure out how to get back to that feeling more often. I didn't want to like wait for once a year for the folk fest or wait for once a, once a, once a year for the for the workshop to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, one thing led to another. I just but writing songs was such a uh, like a passport for me to travel and me to like get in these situations which made me feel 
like I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing in this world, Mm -hmm. which is like facilitating like community building and like kinship through folk music specifically. Mm Mm-hmm. Roots music, whatever. Mm-hmm. Ambient country music is what I do. I think. I think I, that's what I do. And your first record? Yeah. You lead towards that? like. Yeah, like... that was in Montreal. And that was I made that record by accident. There's a guy named James Finnerty who actually... Uh, assist- I know that name. He's a great yeah. dude. He's an okay. assistant. He assistant engineered this last record that we did. So okay. that was a sort of a nice surprise. He works at Revolution... Um, recording okay. um, down Leslie Street, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Um, and um, so he uh, he came over to my house one day, and I remember I was playing. You see that thing over there? That's an Appalachian dulcimer. Yeah, and I was twanging on it. Yeah, sure. Um, and he said, "Do you want to make a record?" Um, he was in audio engineering school at uh, Concordia University. And he said, "I need to do a project in order to graduate. Do you want to make a record?" Awesome. And I said, "Sure. I hate studios." And he's like, that's going to pose a bit of a problem. And I said, well, how do you feel about doing it at a church? And so so we did. We just set up like five mics. I have, I, I did it with kind of like a chamber folk quartet, bass, mandolin, fiddle, guitar. Yeah. And we just got what we got. What's your favorite track from that uh, record? Uh, I would say, oh, God. There's, um, there's some songs that I really stand by on that first record. Um, one called uh, um, Ballad of the Southern Midwife. Can we play it? Yeah. Like okay, right here, now? Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, like you're going to work yes. your magic. Here it comes out. Ballad of the Southern Midwife. Hey. Yeah. What's it about? What's? Well, what do you think it's about? A Southern Midwife. Yeah. There it is.
track nothing so what you hear is what you get but what's the church it was um loyola chapel nice one right beside the um oscar peterson concert hall um so like reverb for days right like it was it was it was nice it was beautiful beautiful place to record really really low key so why aren't you into studios you just i'm into studios now oh you are now but back then you were like no back then i just couldn't handle it um, mm, hearing myself into headphones, yeah, uh, yeah. Cl- the click You want to keep it more like live feel. Like yeah, more, more I mean, I just like organic. Yeah, I think yeah, okay. that it took me a long time to become like professional about things. Like I used to not be able to get through a set without forgetting, like abysmally oh, forgetting lyrics to songs. Oh no! Yeah, uh, do tell like your fa- your best memory of like just falling on really stage, really fucking it up. We that had sucks. Uh, I suffer from that sometimes. I've had it too. That's bad news. But you like trip and fall. You learn to trip and fall, right? Right. You can like, this is one thing that I realized the other day is like yeah. we did, we did a show at the, at the Dakota the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really, really nice. Uh, the sound was like, you know, like whatever, blew out my eardrums, but right. I love playing with that band. Yeah. Um, and, and I was feeling a bit nervous. I was like, okay, we're going to try out some new stuff. And then I, and then I said to myself, I was like, hey, like you've been doing this for a while like mm-hmm. you default to awesome like mm, you mm-hmm. default to something good right like especially with a band like that like yeah our worst show is still a pretty good show right 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 right. Got but it, when i it. first started my like yes good show was yeah. bad the but that's interesting the bar is set at a different level mm-hmm. and so yeah so even at its I got you. Yeah. 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 I remember playing well on put. top of the yeah. Rialto Theater. It, it, okay. it was a beautiful show. Yeah. And I don't know what got into me, mm-hmm. but I, it was just like, it was a lyrical train wreck. Okay. And it was one of those things where you you apologize to your band later and they're like, it's okay, but you know that they're just so... Like, they're not with you. They're so like, yeah, yeah. what is wrong with you? Mm. Um, and... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it took a while to kind of like figure out how to remember lyrics. It's that stuff though that makes it like uh, I don't know. I I that's all the learning. That's the joy of doing it over and over and over again. The risk of that you run, mm-hmm. 
the getting burned on stage the, yeah the the moving forward from that and, yeah in and you know stronger with every one of them i think and and those are the more important ones for me is the ones where it's like there is a bit of a you really learn from i don't know yeah and then you're right like setting that bar so that like even a whatever a, a glitch for you is not necessarily yeah i have a friend um named mike miranda and he um i think somebody told this to him but he said don't um don't count on rising to the occasion yeah always bank on like defaulting to you know whatever is your your baseline he, he put it in better in better terms than that mm -hmm. but basically like Make sure that you're going to fall back on something that you can rely on. Like your train. Oh, yeah. He said default to your training. Don't bank on your. This is what happens when I drink a bit of whiskey. The, ex the extra sauce is yeah. essentially like what, what you're saying, right? Yeah. Don't yeah. Yeah. But what, how do you channel that McClellan? Like that, that thing that blew you away back in. Right. Uh, you know, I'm still learning about there, that. Like that. Like, I'm still learning about that. And this is what's actually, I feel like I struggle with the most is the actual art of the singer songwriter. Is that like, there's so much story and emotion and theatricality in the songs yeah. that I sing. Mm -hmm. But because I don't want to be seen as a singer songwriter because I think it's sort of a gendered thing. Um, That's so interesting. We got to yeah. talk about that. But yes, yeah. yes. Um, I think that I don't I don't want to fall I don't want to be called a singer songwriter because that's what people think that I'm going to be because I play guitar and I sing and I play songs and I'm yeah. a woman that like they don't yeah. think in terms of style or genre. Uh, right? Yeah, so yeah, 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 so yeah. like yeah. I try and like make make the style I, I put more emphasis on on the style than I do on on the songs themselves, mm -hmm. and that kind of makes me sad because then I see I see these songwriters who I really really admire. Do you mm -hmm. know William Prince? Are you mm -hmm. familiar with him? No. Uh, he won Juno for um, Contemporary Folk Album, okay. uh, two thousand seventeen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyways, amazing songwriter and, okay. and he's a friend of mine. Um and he just like makes people just weep. And he doesn't hold back from like indulging in like in heavy emotional material. Mm -hmm. And I have a I would say like a pretty heavy emotional background, but it happened so early in my life mm -hmm. that it's been like it's like the water I swim in. Um and I don't want to talk about it because I don't know. I can't even figure out why I don't want to talk. I mean, I can talk about it, but yeah. I don't want to talk about it on stage. Uh -huh. And when I try to, has I, it ever made it into your tunes? Like, what? oh yeah, everything. So, <laughs> so it's okay. all my. I would say that every single song I've written is on some level like informed by this experience. So wow. basically, the experience is, uh, dear listeners. <clears throat> yes. And I can't tell it without some humor because I feel like I can't go dark it's so dark oh my god that i can't not tell it with humor Is shroud that, it in what you will right? uh, as a guy who likes to dress all sh shit up in humor go totally do, yeah do what you must okay so when i was almost two years old my mother and father were awaiting their second baby and and my mother went into labor mm -hmm. and she um had what they call uh uh an embolism uh, I think it's called an amniotic embolism. Essentially, yeah. um, anytime a woman gives birth, this can happen, but it's more yeah. likely to happen 
<clears throat> sorry, uh, when they have a cesarean. Okay. So my mother had a cesarean. Um, it's cool because this summer I actually spoke to uh, an obstetrician finally about this because yeah, uh, yeah. it's been shrouded in mystery my whole life so so my mother died giving birth to my brother oh my god yeah it's like medieval shit right oh fuck things I'm that so shouldn't sorry ha- to hear. okay yeah things that Whoa. shouldn't happen in downtown vancouver in 1988 but they did it's wow. such a rare wow. case that wow. they actually teach it to nurses oh um god. who are interning at uh saint paul's hospital so Wow. Yeah. So there my dad was. He was 30 uh, and he had a toddler and an infant and a new law practice. And he just like, it was, he was just like fucked. You, uh, you didn't shroud it in humor though. You just went straight. I just went straight. It was kind of difficult there for me, but okay. It's fine. I'm back. Whoa. It is difficult. And that's why I can't talk about it on stage. It's like, there's some things that yeah. there's yeah. some things that you can talk about on stage for some reason it's like we tell stories yeah. yeah we in our society we sort of decide which stories are okay so like we talk about death of by cancer which and which i would say is probably the most horrific mm-hmm. way to die or mm-hmm. lose somebody because mm-hmm. i i watched my grandfather sure. die of cancer sure. of lung cancer yeah. um yeah but we're just not willing to conflate birth and death. Yeah, yeah. There's that interesting thing where it's like the door is opening and at the same time it's closed. That's fucked. It's Literally. really heavy. And yeah, my yeah, brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. my brother and I don't talk about it. No. No. Yeah, you have it. You said you have another sister too. Yeah. Right? yeah. So how that worked is, um, you know, I like to say that this this situation couldn't have gone better, um, in the sense that like. You know, there my dad was, uh, he uh, he did what he could, but he, like, basically put us in full-time nanny care, um, yeah. uh, and uh, we had a great nanny. Her name was Noella. Uh, good and name. We, yeah, strong Irish woman. She cool. uh, taught me some manners. Um, How do you spell Noella? I think N-U-A-L-A. Such a close to Nutella. So I, close I think to that's Nutella. That's why I really like her name. Absolutely. Okay. Anyway, she, she's a cool Nuella. woman. Nuella. And she was taking care of us, and then wow, wow yeah. Wow, wow. Then my dad. I was almost four. Yeah. By that point, so this is two years later. And my dad has taken my brother and I down to the neighbor's uh, birthday party. Yeah. Katie. Katie McQuaid is turning five. And <clears throat> Katie and I were friends because we're neighbors. Uh, jumping on the trampoline, and she pushes me. And, uh, you know, fight ensues. My dad comes over to the trampoline, and so does this, like, total knockout babe mm-hmm. uh, who introduces herself as Katie's aunt. And mm-hmm. I guess my dad took a fancy to her and uh, asked his uncle, sorry, asked my uncle, mm-hmm. Katie's father, our yeah, neighbor, uh, yeah, okay. Joseph. If you're following at home, just keep following. It'll just make following, sense. just following. It'll make sense. So basically, Joe is the neighbor he has a sister named angela and the rest is history and jeff says hey angela do you want to go on a date and six months later they're engaged i think they just had to think really quickly wow they're just like there's kids involved here um what's the deal so she adopted us had another little kid named anna who's just like such a fascinating beast of um 
And uh, yeah, so that's like your steps. That's your sister. She's my half biological si- half sister. Biological half. And my yeah. mom is not my stepmom. She's my mom. Like her name's on my birth. I can show you. I've got wow. a cool new birth certificate. Wow. It's got her name on it. Wow. Um, Fascinating. Yeah. So it worked you know, out those, pretty nice. You know, I want to get back to the, uh, obviously that m- heavy moment and and like yeah. how it, like I, I was thinking about Sorry, this like I was thinking about this. Yeah, do what you must. I I was thinking about this and uh, thank you. You know, it's. I was thinking about this like some of us have those moments I think we probably all do but not as heavy as you just described it in terms of like that defining moment so that you're saying that like that essentially bleeds through a lot of your 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 work as a that bleeds through every interpersonal relationship I've ever had ever since yeah yeah it those moments that define us but those ones that are like super saturated like mm-hmm. it's i'm just fascinated by that like i i've come across lately a couple of people who have similar like you know those moments where because i i don't know it's just we're all getting done on this planet in a, in a way or two right? right and it's like if you get that delivery of like okay here this is you know what i mean like this is your deck of cards right that's my deck of cards play that or like some like, people say like your cross to bear sh- sure right it's like it's similar to yes yes it's similar to this kind praise of his name yes your cross to bear but yeah, i don't yeah, yeah. see it necessarily that way because but it does like when i'm now i'm saying the the way it all the way all that gets i mean yeah. you're, you're carrying it beyond your art you're saying every interpersonal relationship i've ever had has been like is shrouded in that and that, that I, I mean yeah yeah for and sure and i would say sure. not shrouded like like or it's like there, the term of like yeah. the cross to bear yeah, yeah, or the yeah, shroud yeah, has yeah. like this mournful <laughs> yeah, yeah but yeah, it's yeah. like it's yeah. been so enriching uh-huh. as well i don't think i would write songs if this hadn't happened to me and wow. my part part of my theory is uh-huh. about folk music is that it comes from grief and hardship even the most like um like elating uh music i mean like think about where the most like the most amazing jams come from probably like places that have had uh, like famine and illness and colonialism just like wiping sure. wiping out their populations like yeah. there's so much power that comes from grief yeah. and hardship yeah. and people yeah. um people manifest that in in their songs and yeah no, totally. Right? That's like, the super heroic shit. That's the stuff that's like, yeah, and I'm I Like I, why is Irish why are Irish songs so freaking amazing? So what's the tune of your is there a tune of yours that mm-hmm. best captures that that you have you tried like you yeah. see that you don't touch on that on stage? No. Is that are you talking about between tunes or in tune? Like Oh, I both? don't even go there between tunes. Um do you go when there? I do when I do, people are like like what you're describing earlier that happened to you, you were just kind of having like a little bit like a above the that happens to the imagine a whole audience basically glitching they glitch when i tell them what happened right i mean it's, it's so interesting to me i mean but have you so you've written about it you've, yeah you, there what's is there a tune that um, yeah if you want that, to play a tune it's a song that i so rarely play yeah. it's called mount mount royal cemetery Okay, here it comes. Great. Mount Royal Cemetery. Is this from your last record? This came from an EP that I made called The Railtown Sessions. Oh, wow. And it, like, I'll tell you about the song. Uh, my 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 parents, my adoptive mom and my dad, yeah. uh, they, you know, they 23 years together, and they finally were just like, 
we're done. Um, my dad had an affair, um, at, which was really, really hurt and still hurts my mom. Yeah. Um, and this had happened recently and I was living in Montreal and I went up to the Mount Royal Cemetery and it was like June and yeah. all these like peonies were in, in bloom. It was, uh, it was like, if you can imagine like, like a succulent fruit, just like dripping like a mango, yeah. it was like that it's in terms of lushness yeah, but, it, yeah, yeah. but it was in a cemetery yeah. Yeah. right with this beautiful view uh anyone we're talking Montre- in Montreal we're talking in the right? Mont- Mount yeah. Royal Cemetery yeah yeah sure okay yeah, um yeah. uh which is on the top of the mountain yeah. right um right. and uh there's all these like you know gothic headstones and and particular peony bushes yeah uh so I I was up there for some reason and I started writing about um about their divorce uh and also um i don't know yeah like the this the my biological mother's death is like this lens that i see everything through including their including my my parents divorce mm-hmm. even talking about parents for me is like well it's not confusing to me but people will be like wait who what what parent? Well, there's three of them. You got to figure it out. Semantics. Um, so, yeah. So I started writing about that song. And the chorus is like, bury me at the Mount Royal Cemetery. Lay my bones where my children may kneel so they'll know with their hearts we're just six feet apart. Bury me at the Mount Royal Cemetery. And I imagined, you know, in this song or like eventually having children, them being able to visit me after I'm gone because I love doing that love going to my my own mother's grave which is in Fort Langley um mm-hmm. being able to I felt so close to her because I could sit right next to this uh granite stone mm-hmm. and I would pick out the moss from from the her engraved name and, and what like, is her name Jane Thompson okay um so that's why I'm Sarah Jane is I was born, I was named Sarah, Jane's my middle name, yeah. but I morphed into Sarah Jane uh, mm. for one reason or another. Um, yeah, so I always really appreciated her being buried there. I don't think she's cremated. Again, so much mystery. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's cremated. I just, I literally just imagine her bones lying there mm-hmm. 30 years later. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, she's just so close. Mm-hmm. Well, here it comes now. The Mount Royal Cemetery. (laughs) Bury me at the Mount Royal Cemetery. Lay my bones where my children may kneel. So they'll know in their hearts we're just six feet apart. Bury me. At the Mount Royal Cemetery And I want peonies planted on my grave In that summer orchard on the hill And with the stone at my head I'll look good when I'm dead With those peonies planted on my grave bury me 
sharing we're back we've uh, we, we, we've recollected our thoughts our emotions 
Thank you for sharing. Really, I mean that that's a that's some heavy 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 uh, experience there that it's being translated into song. Well, I would say you know? actually thank you for going there because that's been difficult yeah. to talk about because I sure, think I bet. like what we were kind of touching on earlier is that I felt like audiences aren't ready ever like they're, 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 they're drinking beer and they're there to have a good time they're like okay right. yeah i'll let yeah we can talk yeah. about some things but we can't we can go dark but we can't go that dark well it depends on the context right yeah. and i got i got totally got you yeah so uh mm -hmm. i can see why you're not like opening with that you know right. or, or whatever right. yeah like that's pretty pretty uh it's it's, it's dear to your heart and you're not going to just that's not like banter that's not like hey by the way this next tune is about I mean, it's like that's a well. There's some songwriters who can that's do a it. lifetime of you yeah. know for sure. For and they sure. Can, there's some songwriters who can do it, and that's what I was talking about, like with Will Prince or with like Mary Gauthier, um, like with, or the McClellan principle there that you experience. I think, but you're trying to tap into that. So I mean, it sounds to me like you, you are that's there. That's mm -hmm. that's there with you when you're when you're performing. You know, like yeah, it's like I feel like I'm kind of so I've been feeling like I've been lying to, to people. So, so you know the whole thing about like, I don't know, like, I'm just going to go there with you. Mm -hmm. Like, so the net now, now I know that about you, right? Yeah. Is like, so the next time I hear you perform or see you perform is like, what the fuck? That's not going to be in my head. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. Like. Our stories are really important for helping kind of, I think, communicate all of our, our work in a lot of ways, right? right? Like that's And that's, that's why we write right? these like flowery biographies on our web. On, like people expect that, you know, you see that on a, on a website. They're yeah. like, you write a, you don't just say like. I don't know. What, 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 do you, these is are that in there? Is that no. in your bio? No, hell no. hell no. Shit, no. No. Uh, but the thing is, there's some people who, who do like, yeah, 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 like, yeah. well, they like, make it all about that. You, you know, and I, and yeah. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like, sure, like, sure. um, I, I feel like Mary Gauthier is a really good example. I yeah. don't know if you're familiar yeah, with her work, yeah. but she's uh, a stunning songwriter yeah. and her, her background. I'm, I mean, I coming from a lot more adversity. She, um, she was ad adopted in the sense that like both of like she doesn't know who her parents are, right? right? She was she's homosexual. She was raised in the South. Yeah. Um. She's a middle aged woman, so yeah. like you know the South is still still backwards. But like I don't know what that was like being a teenager or whatever in the seventies yeah. or eighties. Yeah. Um, and she has it, like there's so much levity, but also so much darkness mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. beauty in what she does. And the show is heavy. Yeah. And I can't. Do I don't know. I can't do a heavy show. It's too heavy. It's like it's too heavy for me. Well, I mean, what you presented the other night on stage was um, with Graham Mansfield. The That's... duet thing was that like um, that was interesting to me. Like the hymns, like you yeah. were doing, like you were channeling a little bit of. When we sing gospel tunes, that's all I think about. Wow. Yeah, I, I think I... about death all the time. Oh, like, like, and I ask people this all the time, and I'm like, I don't want, I don't want this to be like, hey, how often do you think about death? No. Like, like it's like a machismo thing, but like, I ask people sometimes, like, how often do you think about your own death? They're like, I don't know, 
yeah once every couple of months and i'm like literally i think about that every day yeah wow and uh i don't know i don't know why that i mean whatever that's i'm 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 a morbid creature yeah sure i'm a bit of a morbid creature yeah yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't really think that with some of my songs. Some of my songs are just fluff. So that's in there though when you're when you're doing the uh, the hymns. And do you do you do those the hymns often? Like do you like to do that? Is that like that you seem Graham to pounce, likes it more. You seem to pounce on that opportunity. It was kinda of fun. I really loved it. The thing the yeah. thing is is like I don't actually know that many hymns. Um I, I, I for some miraculous reason Graham Mansfield knows just a shitload. I mean, this isn't radio, so I can swear. You fucking lo- a fuckload. I, I can a fucking a, fuck a fucking ass titty cock load of yeah, yeah. Uh, gospel tunes. Um, good, good. Yeah, get it all out. Good, a smegma load. A total stinky. Um, a line the walls with plastic <laughs> shit all over them and bleed and puke load of dying Belgian shite. Uh, what's the, what's like a, babe, what's like a slang term for shit in like Walloon? Walloony. Walloon is like this dialect of French for where his dad is from. Oh my god, that's so creepy. It yeah, is. Gentle listeners, if you're listening at home, that, well, you're fucking scary, man. <laughs> oh, you're right there. Okay, it's not that scary, but it, that was scary. If you're listening to that, I just heard him. Holy shit. Piotr. <laughs> <laughs> Piotr Lomanovich. <laughs> okay, so thank you. We're back. We've we've heard two wonderful tunes. What do you want to say now? Industry oh, tactics. Yeah. Well, we're, we we're nearing t- the end. Yeah, we're totally. wrapping up the the experience of the Sarah Jane Scouten mission. Who's some of your musical family? Wait, you want to go somewhere else? No, go, no, it's just there. like I just like we were talking about gospel music, and I'm like, yes, I don't focus. I can't talk about gospel music. Cause you should talk to Graham about gospel music. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's from another world. That boy. He's, yeah, he's literally from, from the Wizard of Oz. How long have you worked with Graham? Just... He's been coming over for coffee pretty consistently for the yeah. last year. Wow. He uh, he's coming like, here in this yeah, kitchen. You yeah, guys rock it out. He sits where Great. you're sitting. Great. Um, he brought me that picture of George Jones, which I just placed next to a picture of RuPaul. Mm-hmm. Um, and well done. Thank you. Those are my two uh, like cultural. Um, icons amazing and uh he's my he's my chipotle supplier he makes mean chipotle oh, wow. he smokes it um uh in his smoker at home anyways wow, yeah wow. so in so interview him about ask him where his accent comes from i'd, I'd honestly i'd love to crack his head open Graham. right because he Graham grew Mansfield. up in like the east end of toronto who the fuck knows in 1830 all right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. totally totally I mean, he's totally a, he's a beautiful creature Crease it up and we don't know if he if he gods or if he doesn't god but uh the lord is with him the lord is with yous as you're performing those tunes yeah or all the time probably here praise his with name hail satan so um but yeah who are some of your musical family apart from graham like i know you mm. i know you've served a lot of time with our boy shamu uh james McElhaney, episode james number is, 13. james has become like straight up family yeah great, absolutely great love him to and hear that him and his wife heather yeah we uh, love he, you james absolutely yeah, james yeah. james McElhaney, wherever what a you guy are. what a solid guy yeah, amazing. What a solid human. Yeah, amazing human being. I really can't say enough good things of about him. Like, Great. 
And he's such a supporter of what you do. Like he's there Completely. All with everything. Yeah, I mean, I would say, and he and I, I feel honored that he takes so much ownership over my music. That says a lot to me, right? Yeah. It's like the yeah, I mean, listen, the thing about you know, we I've been talking with Nickel just a lot mm-hmm. recently about like like there's luck, and then there's like those relationships that you foster. There's hard work, yeah. and there's talent, right? And the the relationship like. James would do one gig with you, right? But the fact that, like, yeah. he keeps returning your calls says all I need to know about you, really, and the way that you, you do things, right. right? Like, that says a lot. Yeah. He's, like, in no small part made me, like, the musician that I am. Like, Great. he's uh, been a lot, a very large part of my musical education, which has been quite informal, obviously. Good. Um, and, uh, like, I don't know, I've met other musicians uh, through him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and at Sly, mm-hmm. I met you through James, like indirectly and stuff. Yeah, right. So, on. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. That's how this should work. That's this how whole, it should work. The whole community of it all, of all of us, right? Like, like yeah, yeah. You we know? do have like a family here. There, like that's we, the beauty we, of music, man. Yeah, I think that too. I actually like. I used to apply for a job. <laughs> as a I'm not going to say anything more because I'm worried about jinxing it but like um, basically the whole premise of my cover letter was like mm-hmm. that I believe that music is a tool for facilitating community building mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's always been the case for me mm-hmm. whether it was like you know enriching my relationship to my dad or to my brother and sister mm-hmm. or to like my larger community mm-hmm. um, you know I found a place to belong uh, by playing music and I found a place to belong in Toronto by playing music and I figure so I'm gonna take out my earrings ah, um, you, know, look. you know uh, I I found a place to belong because I was like I have a role yeah if I write good enough songs then then good then amazing musicians will want to play with me mm-hmm. and um, good well put yeah, yeah right like and I I you know I provide them meager work and they yeah. in turn make my songs like come to life right on. um right on and uh good little barter system you it's got a pretty there. good barter system yeah. yeah 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 it's cool it's a it's a ecosystem and and who like when you so you've been in toronto doing your thing yeah. for some years now right yeah i've been here since 2013 and i came okay. because i kept on feeling drawn here i would come for a week at a time i'd stay with um max heineman from the foggy hogtown boys mm-hmm. um he's like definitely core musical family to me mm-hmm. um and i just yeah i met a lot of people through the kind of old time and bluegrass scene mm-hmm. uh did a lot of square dancing i'm an avid square dancer holy shit yeah Who knew okay yeah and it was cool and i took antoine to a square dance last time he was here and it was very it was like a make or break situation because I was worried, I was like, if he hates this, no, the fucking Belgian, they're they're born on uh, square dancing. They're fucking la danse carré. No, I don't know <laughs> what that's actually Quebecois, but he um he loved it. He loved square dance, and I was like, born natural. Now we should probably f- we'll, we'll reveal Antoine at the end of this thing. Absolutely, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, end yeah. it with Antoine. Okay. I love keeping him mysterious for now. He is, yeah, he's so, so uh, you you. You came here in 2013, and... You know, uh, guns a-blazing. I just, like, rocked the Cameron house uh, so hard. Awesome, I, I awesome. drank the local dry. Yeah, I think I remember that. And see, the thing is, like, it's all fog to me. Is like... You don't think it's like, wow, someone's just appeared in the city. Like, 
I don't know. Like, like I interviewed the last episode, I think, is Devin Cuddy. And I didn't realize oh, yeah. around, that, around that same time that he was kind of starting his, like, developing his career yeah. in, in music at that time. And it, you know what I mean? I just think everyone's just around and do, been doing their thing forever. I didn't realize right. you had arrived around 2013 yeah. at the Cameron. So you were starting out doing your stuff with the camera? Yeah, all the time. They always gave me Tuesdays. That's nice. And Ah, Jay Swinerton was always, always bartending. And so it got to be this run-on joke um, that I would write songs. I would write new songs for Jay's sake. Um, Jay, oh, God, that guy is so cool. What a good, what a guy. You know what I learned from Jay? Like, if you're going to say... Is it just the whiskey talking? He'll he'll do it like this. Is it just the whiskey talking? Like, um, he has a coolness about the way he fucking. He's got a bit of a swagger Dude, to the, the way song he delivers his. That guy, yeah, mm, like I could just listen to him sing, and play piano. Oh yeah, for the end till the end of days. How did he bloom into into who he is? It's I remarkable. Have, his his trajectory is. I just, don't know, but he like. But I always really, really respected. Yeah. From what I gather, is that he, um, is that he hangs with the the old guys. Oh my God! Does he, hangs he ever so hard from the old? With he the hangs old out guys. with the dead. Yeah, like it's fucking amazing. And he knows his shit. He it's just like so he's great. listened to so much music. Yeah. And uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's he's really just got great. tons of like style and soul. I love the way he plays piano. I love the way he sings. Love it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I really am. I'm thrilled to hear that mm-hmm. uh, that he's one of your uh, your go tos. He's he's part of the family. Big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right on. Right on. Mm-hmm. And so you put your last record out. And now you've got some great a, a team behind you now. Like right. who are some of the supporters that are that are helping build your career right now? Right. Well, those guys tend to live in Vancouver. I work really closely with my manager, mm-hmm. whose name is Joseph Blood. I love to be able to oh, introduce him on. as Joseph Blood. That's like his rock and roll name. You got Steve Tabernacle, Joseph Blood. I good, know. Good, 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 good little uh, universe you've created here. Yeah, yeah. Um, puke bomb Lemaire. Uh, I'm going to marry a Belgian puke bomb. Um, Lamar. Uh, yeah, he's... He's tittering away in there. Puke bomb Lamar. I'm really, I'm really glad that he still thinks I'm funny. No, um, you are, you are, you got it. Thanks, thanks. Um, Sarah Jane Scouten starts a story like uh, ten out of ten. Then it, then thank it, you. Then it, then it might fizzle. Sometime. Yeah, my stories always do fizzle. People, I, I, I tell those stories that people will be like, "Cool story, bro." Yeah. You know, like. Uh, I lose train of thought pretty fast. But you lead real well. I like, lead here's well. Here's what they do: they line the walls with plastic. <laughs> that's that's a, that's the way. And then you, that's all you need to know. Yeah, I don't actually need to explain it. Anyways, what what were we talking about? All of these cats. Yeah, all the cool right? cats. Right, all the cool cats. I think is where we left it. Right. Like, Sarah Jane Scouten. Uh huh. And the cool cats. Thank you for being on the podcast and oh. sharing. I'm very moved by everything that we spoke about. So I'm so honored to you, we were have this zoom pointed at my we face. We were talking about your team, mm. and so you've got a good manager in oh, Joey yeah. Blood. Okay, so Joseph Blood, who um, who has been in a band um, mm. uh, for a long time out of Vancouver mm. uh, called Bend Sinister. Um, should have just called it Joe Blood, but anyway, keep should going. Should have just called it, no, 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 yeah, well, everyone thinks it's Ben Sinister, but it's, no, it's Bend Sinister, okay. bend organ or bend over, or don't bend over. Bend sinister. Yeah. 
Okay, Joe Blood, a.k.a. Joe Blood, Joe Blood. A.k.a. Joe Blood, Joseph Blood, great dude. Your um, manager. He's my manager. What he does he do? Up, what, does he, what kind of uh, industry tactics tip does he tell you? you say, can I tell you what Joe, I want to go to Ireland. He goes, no, you have to focus on Quebec. Nope, he doesn't tell me anything. Uh, he hmm. sa- he Manage, interesting managerial... His managerial attitude is, I was like, hey, Joseph, should I like... You know, we've got this like label that's kind of like sniffing around that yep. like you know this american label that's kind of sniffing around that would mm-hmm. be like mean really good things if we signed with them what should i do and he's like uh just do what you do and i'm like that's amazing because i don't need direction wow uh whoa i don't need artistic direction sure. i've got like five albums in my head right now how does he help you um he like is that advice helpful? Just yeah, do, you do yeah. That, that's how he helps. He kind of well yeah. in that sense, but then he also yeah. does like the practical shit. Like he, whatever he works for a management firm, and therefore Great. people open up his emails that they won't open up right. from me. Right, um, okay, good. stuff Great. like that. He, wow. but this is the best. This is the best thing he does. He shows up at a folk music conference mm-hmm. in a t-shirt covered in smiley faces. It's full of bo. Oh my god, I'm not liking this. You start a story mean. Keep going. No, but I love it Fucking because guy. They, because Joe it's Blood. just like I don't I don't want to have like sing I don't want to be a singer songwriter. I don't want to have a singer songwriter manager. I want to have a rock and roll manager who wears smiley faces and has bo control issues. Joe Blood, I I can't fucking support that tactic, man. You can't. No, no. you need to. You need to smell it to believe it. Okay, I do enjoy a good sniff, but I'm more of a cologne kind of. I like. Yeah. I like a good. Uh, like like what my wife. What did we smell today that was really good? Oh, we went into a hippie store for a smell. My wife just ordered a bunch of. What do they call them? Eau de toilettes. <gasps> oh, Colognes? yes. Yeah. That cologne is like a dying. Th- it's a dead thing. All the yeah. scent. Everybody's a, a offended by good smells. You gotta go. Smells are the greatest, man. Yeah, no, but I I think get in there, spritz it up. It's so exciting. I can't wait to go home tonight because you got like ten new flavors or whatever. Right. The one the other night was bergamot. Bergamot. It smelled (gasps) like fucking northern Italy. Well, if it's bergamot, then it's just gonna be straight like essential oil from the plant. That's amazing. Oh, I thought it was northern Italy. Anyway, I misunderstood. I don't know what bergamot is. But bergamot let me tell is, you, is the stuff that makes Earl Grey tea, Earl Grey tea. I am a good fan of smells, but but Joe Blood, so Joe Blood goes in there, he, he's got he's a Joe fan Blood, of smells too. Joe he's Blood a goes in there and he just tears everyone a new asshole. He's a punker. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, I like that in a manager. I That's love, great. That's I good. love that dude. He walks around and he's not afraid to talk to anybody. He has wow. zero pretense. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he'll also just like, oh my God. I mean, for a Vancouverite, he's very direct. Um, (laughs) How how long has he been doing that for? How long has he been helping you out? Mm, mm. Yeah. Tea in my mouth, sorry. Um, He, uh, ever since I signed that label, so. What's the label? It's called Light Organ Records. Light Organ. Organ records records out of Vancouver. Okay, right on, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, he's a um, yeah. I'm pretty That's pretty so happy great. with him. He's like, I call him up and I'm like, Joe, Joe, what the hell do I do? I don't call him Joe. I call him JB. Bloodsy. Um, yo, yo. Blood boy. Blood clot. Sang- sanguine. Could you get away with blood clot? Clot. Blood. I I couldn't get away with blood clot, but I could get away with blood clot. Blood clot. As, as that you was say. The, you know, that was a little bit of the whiskey talk. I know, I know. I can feel it in my cheeks. Blood quad. Bl- hey, blood quad. 
Um, so blood yeah. quad. We need 16,000 units. <laughs> of blood quad. <laughs> so, Stat. Uh, well, that I'm really thrilled for you, and you've got five records upstairs, like just ready to go, rare to go. You don't need direction. I don't have that many songs, but I've got a lot of ideas as yeah. far as like, because I want to make. Yeah, mm, where are you taking this thing? Where are you taking? I'm going full Fairport convention. Whoa. I want to do psychedelic folk music. Whoa. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I'm gonna dis- like like oh yeah, this remember when fun. she went that? She, remember yeah. when she did that country record? Yeah, I feel like I'll go back to the, I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah, um, I've just written these really long ballads. Um, what's really long? Well, there's one uh, about it's called the Jamie Garrick Lee, and it's 14 stanzas long. Holy and shit! Yeah. It's about talk a, about forgetting larics on stage. You better get one of those laric machines. I know it's Fuck so embarrassing. Me. It's so embarrassing when people do that. Did you see that show on C- the CBC? It was like the Leonard Cohen tribute. It's like no. Elvis Costello Botched. reading lyrics oh. off of a teleprompter. Yeah, I'm like Elvis. Well, I mean, it's either that or a music stand. But like. They learned I know, like a couple, I know. like You're Courtney got, Love. Yes. I can understand. Sure, she really should have the bed. Yeah. But you know who was amazing? It changed my life. Watching this on television changed my life. Um, uh, Katie Lang. Katie, Katie Lang. She'll do it to you. Katie she Lang will singing. Bring out the farts. She, she like I know, right? She sang Hallelujah like it yeah. was yeah the yeah like it. She was laying it to rest. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go and YouTube it. You have to. It's like it's the it's the video. It's the okay. the it's the um, whatever. Uh, Cohen, okay. Cohen Juniors. Yep, you know, yeah, yeah. Adam Cohen. Adam Cohen's yep, good, good, uh, good. show and good. Katie Lang was mind blowing. Everyone else was reading off of a teleprompter, but she yeah she, no she, she ruined she sold the me. Show. Yeah, good, good, well put. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I will literally never be the same. Fuck, where were we? We got sidetracked. We, were, we went from Joseph Blood to Katie no, Lang. Oh, we are on. Oh, okay, so that you you are gonna break. So <gasps> Fairport you, you, Convention. So you are you are really committed to the fourteen stands up, but you are you, you're 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 on your path. But like, what I like about what all you're saying is like you don't want to be boxed in. No, you know, like like you're not a singer songwriter. You're not a folky, but but you're. I'm I mean, a you're, folky. I'm you a are, okay. Folky, I, I get it. I get it. Okay, but I'm not gonna like. But I'm not like a preservationist. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, yes. You which are looking funny. for new areas of yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is funny because I love doing research on songs. I love digging up songs that no one's ever heard. Like the last record that we did, uh, we did yeah. two songs that like. <sighs> One of them was released and like immediately, I think, just absorbed into the Smithsonian catalog. The other one was released maybe in the '90s by a songwriter named a, a folk singer named John Leader okay. in in Calgary. The other so you're, one, you're digging up the obscure, the uh, the uh, yeah. They find yeah. me. The songs find me. Cool. Um and uh, and then they speak to me and so I perform them and and I record them because I believe I believe in them. Like, they become my little adopted children. Mm. Um, cool. Yeah. So, the next record has got a bunch of ballads that I'm guilty of writing mm-hmm. every now and again. Mm-hmm. If you go through, don't do it. You've got better things to do. But, like, if one were to go through my records, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this is a weird story song. Oh, this is another weird story song. Mm-hmm. I've got these collection of ballads. So, I kind of thought that I would maybe do a record that's folk that focuses on 
ballads mm-hmm. and actually tour with um, tour with uh, these things called crankies, which are like uh, they're basically just like twenty yards of fabric that are painted in this continuous painting, and then you and then you crank them along and you light them from the back so that they. It's Holy like fuck. early motion pictures. Um, my friends uh, Anna and Elizabeth, they have uh, championed this very much. So in the United States, with um, with Appalachian and New England ballads sung by old women. Look up Anna and Elizabeth. You'll oh love it. Oh my god, uh, a gentle listener, if you're listening at home, fucking crankies. Yeah. If you waited to the end, we went all over the fucking place here, and but we, we should we're have started with crankies. Oh, I'm th- I'm more than thankful. Motion pictures. Where do you have crankies on you in this place? No, I'm gonna start making them with she, um, Heather Phillips, who's James McLeany's wife. You're you're the most beautiful soul uh, this side of Scugog. Thank you. You must make this happen. Yeah, uh, I've holy got this. piss. It's cool. Every time I talk to somebody about this, they get really excited. Are, are we shitting our pants? Tweet us at Industry Tactics and wait a minute. Hashtag. Hashtag shitting our pants. And wait a minute. I've been taking these shits lately where I have no time. I was going <laughs> to fart for the camera. <laughs> and um, I'm taking these no time, like uh, my face is red kind of shits. Like I'm going to bust a hemorrhoid soon yeah, if I don't watch out. Yeah, emergency poos. Here comes now. We just had to wait and I killed time like a pro. Uh-huh. And shit your pants. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Um, That's great. Bless this house. Yeah, God bless us, everyone. I've been having great poos, too, because of the the red cabbage. No, because of my beat situation, that is not a good poo. If I'm shitting because I don't have enough time in my day, like mm. red in the face, trying to get it out. That sounds... Oh, I see. That's not good. That's not good. No. That sounds I'm glad painful. you're having good, good cabbage poos. Yeah. Antoine and I both are having great poos these days. So to end it, let's let's end with a tune here. What's one of your tunes that you want to crank up here? Wanna, Ooh, wanna, crank uh, Give us a ballad well, that we, we can think a of a ballad. cranky. Let, let's hear we a cranky. Sh- well, yeah, let's do a cranky. Let, let's do a cranky of Blackstrap Sadie. Okay, here it comes now. Am I supposed to talk about it? Is that it? it? Like that's 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 what we're gonna play? Okay, yeah, we're gonna play Blackstrap Sadie. Good. But um I mean I could give you a visual cranky of it or you could just listen to the fucking song. You know what? We've run over time. Okay. She's gonna just to end it here, she's gonna marry Pierre Antoine. Hey Antoine, can you come here and get married to me just a, two months early? I just blessed it with that fart. I mean, don't come anywhere near us. The smell Wait, of this. This is our kitchen. Canadian wedding. We're gonna do a Luxembourgish wedding. Okay. Wow. We're gonna do a Luxembourgish wedding um on June fourteenth at four o'clock in at the Luxembourg Hotel de Ville. Holy so if anyone shit. wants to come, they can come. Except for my grandma, right? We're having to determine that whether or not my mom and dad want to come, but now my grandma wants to come. But that means my other grandma should like wants to come, and it's like she can't really travel. You know what this is? It's a botched elopement. It just totally is. <laughs> yeah. I know. Like we made the mistake of telling people about it. Hey, I won. How was this? Um, how was this like listening experience for you? It's been pretty hilarious. Oh yeah, has it has it been educational? Did you hear the way he talks. Very. Oh, I love now that. I know it. Now you know what. I love I love the way he speaks. No one else has an accent like this in the entire world. Come on. Say say um say Yashur. No, he doesn't have an accent. You don't like say that. Yashur. 
He's he's he the most. Sure. No, he would say yes, sure. He's that, the most English test. Belgian you'll ever meet. He's actually the more likely the most Belgian Englishman you'll ever meet. Antoine, Peter, it's nice to meet you, and happy marriage, happy happy marriage, friends. They're getting married in June. Yeah, isn't this exciting? How come? How? Why are we getting married? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> For lots of reasons. I'm baffled. We're baffled. Gobsmacked. Gob, gobsmacked. Oh, my. Here it comes now, the Blackstrap Sadie. Thank you. We love you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Well, there were two old sweethearts in the north Who dressed in plaid and paisley and they raised a child with long black hair whose name was Black Strap Sadie. And when she spied the man from across the sea, she was riding upon her pony. And he threw his gun and satchel on his side and rode along. She said, as I know, your eyes are blue, just like two pools of diamonds. You may know and do, my heart is ever true, long as it charming tongue and held on ever tightly 
tree a blue-eyed man in a black strap Sadie That was Blackstrap Sadie, and if you want